Welcome to Chi Alpha. It's super excited to see all of you tonight. I'm just going to start right away by inviting our Bible pastors to come on up front and pass Bibles. Hey, if you don't have a Bible tonight, you're going to definitely want one. We're going to be going through a good amount of scripture, and I want you guys to be able to follow along. If you don't have a Bible, please keep it. It's our gift to you. We don't want it back. We would love if you kept it. If you don't know me yet, my name is Brandon, and I'm one of the directors of our ministry. A couple of things uh, about me is I'm from a small town called Linden, Washington. A couple of people know. Oh, that's just rude. I am also a central graduate. Go Wildcats. Yep, yep. I graduated in the fall of 2017 with my bachelor's degree in film and video studies. I know there's some of us in the room. Let's go. I'm also super married to my wife, Meredith. I think we've got a slide of us up here, do we? Yes. Yeah, it's been three years now. Uh, we're, we're so married that she's actually bought me two rings because the first one doesn't fit anymore. Thanks a lot, COVID weight. She's also another director here of our ministry, and she is fantastic. You should definitely get to know her. Uh, some of my favorite hobbies in the world are golfing, uh, watching NFL football, you know, real football, not college football. Ooh, yeah, I went there. Uh, and recently, I've started playing this thing called Pokemon Go. Maybe you've heard of it. Okay, I have to explain. So I'm like five years late to this thing. I'm having fun with it, but... Okay, another thing to know about me is that I don't go 50% when it comes to my hobbies. I go 100%. Like, I go all out. So I've been golfing for like two years, and this is the second year in a row I've thrown my back out. <laughs> golfing, and I've had to end golfing. Like, I, I haven't been able to finish the season. And my doctor's like, bro, how old are you? you keep hurting yourself? Uh, when it comes to football and watching NFL football, I'll have multiple games on at a time. I'm in three fantasy football leagues, and I'm in four. I listen to four podcasts on the weekly about football. I go all out. When it comes to Pokemon, I've already out-leveled Chris here. <laughs> and Chris has been playing months before me, so I go all out. I also go 100% following Jesus. And uh, I'm very passionately in love with him, as I know most of us are here. And so I'm just really excited that you're here with us tonight. I am looking forward to getting to know you more this quarter. And uh, I'm just really thankful that you're here, and I'm really thrilled I get to share with you guys tonight. So I get the awesome privilege of introing our fall teaching series this quarter called Anchored. So what is an anchor, and what does an anchor do? Why are we talking about anchors? Well, an anchor is a device, usually of metal, that is attached to a ship, preventing it from drifting away due to a current or a wind. So as a ship is going along, and it's the winds and the waves and the storm it starts coming, it's very important that a ship has an anchor so that it can stay stable and not get super drawn off course. Pretty important role, wouldn't you say? Well, where the ship drops their anchor to is also very important. Because if a ship drops their anchor on a really hard surface, the anchor is just going to slide along, and, not, and the ship is going to continually be influenced by the wind and the waves in the storm. But if a ship finds a nice, soft, muddy surface that's perfect for being anchored in, that's the place it'll find stability and be protected from the forces around it. 
And just like a ship dropping anchor to hold itself steady and on course, how many of us know that there are things in our lives we choose to be anchored in? These are things we believe give our lives purpose and meaning. They're things we believe give our lives stability and lead us on the right path. Maybe we find that in a group of friends from high school. Maybe it's in a favorite video game we have. Maybe it's in a romantic relationship. Maybe it's in your major or kind of your life plan. Or maybe it's just in pleasing people, like your parents or your professors. So for a ship, when a ship, when the wind is blowing in the hardest and the waves are bigger than normal, a ship finds the use of an anchor even more valuable than just in normal weather. And in the same way, too, we, too, need to feel anchored securely in hard seasons of life when the wind and the waves of life seem to be knocking us all around. Can we just be honest tonight? We are not in a normal season of life, right? The last 18 months have been pretty crazy. We've been isolated for months. You likely had your junior or senior year of high school, maybe your freshman year or sophomore year of college drastically changed. We all know people who've likely died from COVID, and we've all seen people we love become so divided on so many issues, it feels like we're walking on eggshells with one another. More than ever, we need to drop our anchor in the right place. And guys, the reality is, is we can find any source we want to tell us where we should drop anchor. Like, we can find anybody to tell us uh, where we want to drop anchor. Like, we could find anyone. But we, as Chi Alpha, this fall, we are going to be seeking it uh, from the, the source of life himself, Jesus. Because there are several things that he talks about that we need to be anchored in so that we can find stability, protection, and true freedom in our life. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about being anchored in community. But before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, we are here because we love you. And we want to know more about what it looks like to be anchored in community. I pray that you just use me and speak through me, Lord. We just want to hear from you. And uh, we just welcome your presence here. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you guys think of community, what are some things that maybe come to mind? Maybe you think about a sports team that you were on. Uh, maybe it's like a friend group from high school. Maybe it's some people here in the room tonight. Maybe it's a Discord server you're a part of. When I think of community, I think of the people who we are in the closest relationship with. I think about in community, we, these are the people that have the most influence over us, and we have the most influence over as well. And how many of us know that surrounding ourselves with the right community, this matters? Have you noticed maybe in your life when you've been a part of the wrong community and the influence it's had on you? How about when you're a part of the right one? We want to make the right choice about who we let influence us and who helps us, right? So when it comes to being anchored in community, what does that actually mean to God? So to God, being anchored in community means establishing our closest relationship in him and in his people. Did you know that God is very relational? Did you know that he created us with the purpose of knowing us, loving us, and us loving and knowing him as well? One of the ways that God demonstrates his desire for rela relationship with us is by being with his people. So we're going to take a look tonight at some examples from the Bible about God being with his people. So I would love if you guys could turn with me to the book of Exodus. 
will be in chapter 3. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. And we're going to read verses 7 through 14. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. Quick Bible history. Uh, Israel is God's chosen people in the Old Testament. Have you guys ever heard of the story of Israel escaping Egypt? Have you watched the movie Prince of Egypt? Right? Yeah? So Israel is God's chosen people in the Old Testament. And at the, book, at the end of the book of Genesis, the Israelites are planted firmly in Egypt. But as they begin to multiply and grow, Pharaoh starts to see them as a threat, and he begins to ruthlessly oppress them. And their cries are coming out, and God hears them, and God begins a rescue mission for his people, Israel. And this is where Moses shows up in Exodus chapter 3. So let's read verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Yes, I practiced that multiple times before tonight. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Do you guys notice in this story how God says to Moses, I will be with you? He doesn't say, you know, I'm going to stand back and continue watching my people suffer. He personally comes down to rescue them. Now, spoiler alert, he does rescue them. He literally splits the sea so that they can travel through it and be rescued. And on top of that, which there's way more that he does, the biggest thing is that he never lets his presence leave them day or night. So flip, go to the right, Exodus 13, it's a couple chapters over, and we're going to read verses 20 through 22. Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 through 22. So it says, after leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them. You're good, buddy. It's okay, man. We're family. We're having fun. You're good. Okay, I'll start over. Uh, verse 20, Exodus 13. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So in Israel's greatest storm, God was the one who they could anchor themselves in. He was the one who would save them from the Egyptians. 
Are you guys starting to see a little bit of God's desire to not only rescue his people, but have relationship with them? He's very invested in knowing us and loving us and us knowing him as well. And this theme of God caring about being in relationship with us doesn't end with Moses. Throughout the entire Old Testament, there's a very clear theme, God initiating relationship with his people. There's 17 books in the Old Testament following prophets who are people sent by God to communicate his plan to save them and his desire for relationship with them. And as we continue into the New Testament, we see that God would care so much about being in community with us that he would send his own son to us. So if you want to flip to John chapter 1, it's going to be the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. We're going to be in chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5 and then 14 through 18. Okay, John chapter 1, 1 through 5, and then 14 through 18. Verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace and place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So scripture says that Jesus is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father. So if we're following this theme about God's desire to be in relationship with us, we should probably study the life of Jesus to see that, right? So how does Jesus make God's desire for relationship known to us? What do we see from his life? Well, the first thing we see is that he spends three years straight, nonstop, with 12 disciples. This wasn't like a, yo, I want to see you for an hour and like, you know, get panda and bounce. It's like, no, like I want to spend my life with you for three years. All of his disciples would literally quit their jobs, move away from their family, and just follow him everywhere he went. He was with them for three years. And at the end of his life, he would call them his friends. So in John 15, 13 through 17, we're going to read what Jesus says to them. It's going to be behind me too. If you want to turn, you can as well. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you know what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Calls them his friends. This is God (laughs) talking to humans. You are my friends. He loved them so much. So we see that is the first thing that he did. 
He spent three years straight with his 12 disciples. Another thing is he spends time with tons of crowds. So if you watch and like follow, we read, if you read about Jesus's life, he was constantly going to the crowds and being with the crowds. And there'd be multiple times where his disciples are like, yo, like I'm so tired. Can we please be done? And Jesus would have compassion on the crowds and he would stay those extra hours because he loved them. He had compassion on them. And right, he wanted to be with them. I think nothing greater um, from Jesus' life shows God's desire for a relationship with us through his death and resurrection. So God's rescue plan for us was going to be far greater than simply getting Israel out of Egypt. Jesus came as the ultimate rescue plan for our relationship with God. And he showed us the true problem that we had relationally with him, and it was our sin. Sin is what made the Israelites want independence from God, and it's what today makes us want independence from him. But Jesus came and he paid the price so that we could not only know God now and be in right relationship with him now, but be in right relationship with him for eternity. Not only from today and tomorrow, next year, 10 years later, our last breath, it's for eternity. God's rescue plan always comes with relationship. You guys remember how God saved Israel and then he continued to be with them through the pillar of cloud and smoke? Jesus continues the same thing at the end of his life. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Then Jesus came to them. This is at the end of his life, by the way. This is after he's been resurrected. He's about to go ascend uh, into heaven to be with the Father. He says this to his disciples. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You hear that? He says, I will be with you until the very end of the age. How would he do that? He's gone. <laughs> Jesus left. Well, it's through the Holy Spirit that he makes that happen. Uh, in John 14, verses 15 through 16, Jesus, again, talking to his disciples, he says, If you love me and keep my command commands, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So God promises after Jesus left that he will continue to be with us every day. He wants to be with you. He wants to be in relationship with all of us. He cares very deeply about that. Do you guys tonight know that God wants to have a relationship with you? He loves you. He wants to know you. Have you maybe seen him as a distant God, one that doesn't really care about you, or are you starting to see his desire to know you, want you, and to be in a relationship with you? And he wants this more than just like a one-time acknowledgement. He wants this as a daily, continual knowing him, being with him, learning from him, and having a, a daily relationship with him. That's what he wants. So God wants us to be anchored in community with him. That's very important. He also wants us to be anchored in community with one another. So receiving God's invitation into relationship with him also means joining his broader community, the people of God. When I first came to college, I had, like, no friends. I was, like, I literally, like, claimed to love Jesus. I had really no idea how to follow him. I came. I didn't know anyone. And uh, I was kind of, like, in real need of a community. And 
something about me is that I'm very heavily influenced by the people around me. Uh, Pokemon Go, you know, <laughs> clearly. I'm very influenced by the people around me. So my OG friend group, when I first came to college, they were all about partying, and it, honestly, they didn't care anything about me. It was just like, yo, we're going to party. You, you can be there if you want. They didn't care at all. And after a couple of parties and getting drunk, it, it just kind of made me wonder, like, is this worth anchoring my life in? Like, this community of people? I would later join Chi Alpha a couple weeks later, and I started attending a core group like Ethan was sharing, and that changed my life forever. These guys would literally ask me questions. They'd be like, yo, how are you doing? How's class? How's, like, how's Bible study going? What are you learning in your God time? They were, like, relentless for me. They would, like, want to know me. And they would be like, yo, we want to hang out? I just love you, dude. I just want to hang out with you. Like, you don't want to go drink? No, dude, I just want to be with you. I just want to hang out with you. We would share meals together. We'd hang out together. We'd go to the pool and jump off the high dive, almost hurt ourselves. There was one night at our core group night uh, that we called Affirmation Night. Uh, it's where every single guy would get like three to five minutes, and all the guys in the core would just affirm him for the things that they loved about him. And I'll never forget going there as somebody who'd never experienced that before, and I had guys like, dude, I love this about you. This is like your greatest quality. Like, this is my favorite thing about being in friendship with you. Like, the Lord loves you. I love you for this. Completely changed my life. I could not understand what in the world is going on. These guys just love me so much. And Jesus showed me my true community through my core group. Showed me this is the family. This is my family. These are my people. They love you because I love you. I used to wonder why was this group so welcoming to me? Why did they love me so much? Until I just realized they were rescued people by God. They were in relationship with him, and they just wanted to include me. And it changed my life. So what does it mean to be anchored in God's community? What does that actually mean? Well, the biggest thing is it means that we are devoted to loving one another. We are devoted to loving one another. Remember how uh, Ethan shared earlier about John 13, 34 through 35? Uh, we read earlier in John 15. Jesus said, this is my command, love each other. Now that would have got the disciples' attention because they're, they're familiar with the Ten Commandments. Jesus is speaking now, this is a new command I give you, love one another. And we in Chi Alpha, we take that so seriously, love each other. We believe that some of the truest expression of our love for God comes in community. How we love each other will show the world how much we love God. It happens right here. And we, like God, we seek to be together as often as we can. Remember how I was sharing about my core group? We want to be together as often as we can. We want to be with one another. Another part of devoting ourselves to love means that we bear each other's burdens. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Uh, but has anybody ever gone through something challenging before? That's a burden. <laughs> We in Chi Alpha, as God's people, we don't go through challenging things alone. We are not about that. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul is writing to the church and he says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love your neighbor. Love God. We're all about carrying each other's burdens. So when this quarter gets hard, it's going to be tempting to isolate yourself from God's people. Don't do that. Don't do that. Reach out. Ask for help. We're all about helping each other. We're about bearing each other's burdens through hard seasons. We're all about that. 
The next thing about devoting ourselves to loving one another is that we speak truth to each other. How many of us know that our truest friends are the ones that tell us the hardest things to hear? Right? There's going to be times in our lives, this season, uh, this year of school, where there are going to be things our friends see in us that we don't see. And we need them to tell us, hey, you're going off course. You're dropping anchor in the wrong place. We need to course correct. You're not going the right way. And guys, true friends speak truth to one another. And we do this out of love. We're devoted to loving each other. We're not trying to shame each other. We're trying to love each other. Like we care about one another. So we're going to speak truth to each other. Worship team, you guys can uh, come on up as we start to conclude tonight. So as we conclude, maybe you're here tonight because you've already experienced being anchored in God's community before, and you're never looking back. So you're here. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never been a part of a Christian community. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with God. Maybe you have been in a relationship with God. Maybe you have been a part of a Christian community, and you were hurt in the process, and maybe you're just testing the waters again today. No matter where you are, God's community is worthy of dropping an anchor in. When the storms come in life, we're going to continue to love each other just as God loves us. We're going to continue to mature out of selfishness and learn to live in community with one another. We'll grow into a family this year. We're going to add relationships that heal and strengthen us as we learn to live God's way, not in our world's broken ways. We're going to welcome each other's burdens. We're going to serve one another and care for one another. We're going to speak truth to one another. So we can do these things on Tuesday night, absolutely. But I really want to encourage you guys, a real practice ground of doing this is in core group. It's the best place to live life in a small group. Sharing our lives with each other in a small community, uh, sharing the Bible together, learning and watching God anchor us more and more in our unstable world, that's what we're all about. So I just want to highly encourage, if you think about core, you should totally join one. Uh, as we officially end tonight, I just want to ask you some questions to reflect on. So I want to ask, what does your relationship with God actually look like? You have a relationship with him. What's it look like recently? What does your relationship with God actually look like? And the next is, do you know him as a God who wants to be in relationship with you? Do you know that? And is there anything about himself tonight that you didn't know that he revealed? And then lastly, I just want to ask, what did you learn about how you can practically live in community with God's people?